pages 230 if you need the words the old rugged cross 230 on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross let's sing out on Yeah. 
cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus fled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that body bound and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah Here's the chorus. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise, O Lord, O
I want to spend just a few minutes with you in the Scripture as we prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper. We normally do this on kind of a quarterly basis here. We usually give the fifth Sunday to celebrating. Sometimes we will adjust that or add an additional one, but it's always a special time when we come to the Lord's table together. You know, communion is all about Jesus. Jesus instituted it. Um, Jesus explained it. Jesus told us that when we do it, we're to do it in remembrance of Him. It reminds us, the Scripture says, of His death until He comes again. Jesus knew that we are a forgetful people. We don't mean to be. Um, Some of us are more forgetful than others. But all of us seem to forget from time to time a lot of things. And sometimes we forget important things and important people even. And we sometimes forget the great sacrifice that was given on our behalf when we think about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been singing about it all morning. The price that was paid to pardon us and to save us. As I thought about our time together today, my heart was led to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Um, If you would like to open your copy of the Scripture there, the book of Isaiah. Um, If you grew up in uh, the church, this is going to probably sound familiar. If you're new to the faith, then um, I have to tell you that this we're going to read today was written over 700 years before Christ came and took upon flesh and lived on the earth as the God-man. And yet you're going to find as we read it together today that it reads like it's already happened. And that's because um, when God prophesies, it's as good as done. And because God is outside of time and God is eternal, he can speak of these items in the past tense as if they've already happened because in his mind, in his sight, they have already happened. And so we're reading some 700 years of prophecy concerning Jesus who's going to come and die, we read about later in the New Testament. And i got to tell you today that the death of Christ um, was not plan B. Uh, It was the main plan from the get-go. God knew that when He created man and woman and placed them in a perfect environment in the Garden of Eden, that they were going to disobey Him, they were going to sin, and that sin would have to be paid for. In fact, the Bible refers to Christ as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And it's always mind-boggling to me and just amazing to me to realize that God knew that when He created us, it was going to cost Him His Son. And yet, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, still created us, still made us, and thanks be to God, redeemed us. They made a way of redemption. So these are familiar words to some of us. To some it may be new words, but they're precious words. We're going to read Isaiah 53, and then we're going to focus on just one verse for just a couple of minutes as we prepare our hearts to partake of the Lord's Supper. Isaiah 53, I'll begin reading at verse number 1. Isaiah 53, begin at verse 1. Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground... He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now remember, this is Jesus we're talking about here. Verse 3 says he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we esteemed him stricken, 
smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He is put into grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Um, as I often do in preparing for messages, I printed off this passage. So I take the computer, I copy and paste the scripture, I add some space to make notes, and I printed it off. And it was interesting because as I was looking at this passage, I went through and I underlined some things. I went through and I underlined the words he and him in red. And all throughout this passage you find those words he and him referring, of course, to Jesus. You'll find them all throughout the passage. Then I underlined some other words. I underlined the words we, our, and us in green. And you'll find those words primarily in the first six verses. This passage talks about us and the things that we've done. And then it talks primarily about Christ and what He has done. And I would encourage you sometime just to go through, if you like to mark your Bibles, or maybe print it off, and just underline He and Him and just see all that's said about Christ and then underline those um, words that refer to us. I want you to notice just one verse, and we're going to be quick with this. And it's verse number 5. Verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. I want you to notice with me that there are three truths that we find that are particularly true about us in this verse, verse number 5. Notice, first of all, our sin. Here it says that Jesus was wounded. In the Hebrew, which is what this passage was originally given in, the Old Testament in Hebrew, the New Testament in Greek, and there's a small amount of Aramaic in the Old Testament. But that word wounded literally means he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was pierced through for our transgressions. And it says he was bruised for our iniquities. Always remember that Jesus died as a substitute. He was not paying for his own sin. He had none. When he died, he died 
in our place. We have disobeyed God. We have broken His law. We've done evil. We've transgressed. We're sinners by nature and we're sinners by choice. You say, well, I don't believe we're sinners by nature. Well, you just watch a little child pitch a fit sometime and I guarantee you nobody taught him to pitch a fit. It's there by nature. We're sinners by nature and we're sinners by choice. And we sin. And our sin cost Jesus his life. He gave his life voluntarily for us. Always remember that as well. He voluntarily laid down his life. It wasn't nails that held him to that cross. It was love and mercy. It was his love and mercy. He could have called legions of angels to deliver him. He could have spoken the world out of existence had he chosen to do so. But in love, he voluntarily laid his life down and he took it up again. You remember the bloody scene. He was whipped. He was beaten. A crown of thorns was uh, jammed down upon his head. He was nailed to the cross. He died a horrible death. Uh, We can't pass off the blame just to Herod and the Romans. They were guilty, yes. But, beloved, we were right there with them. It was our sin that cost Jesus Christ his life on the cross. It also reminds us here in this verse of our sad condition. Our sin and then our sad condition. We were not at peace with God. Our sin separates us from a holy God. He is holy. We are sinful. He cannot even look upon um, sin. He cannot tolerate sin. And Jesus brought about our peace. It says here that the chastisement for our peace was upon Him. We were lost. We were doomed. We were condemned. We were helpless. We were hopeless. The Bible literally describes us as being dead in our trespasses and sins. We could do nothing to save ourselves. We could do nothing to remedy the situation. All of our attempts at righteousness, the Bible says, are as filthy rags. They're worthless. We were destined for an eternal hell, far apart from God, in a place of punishment. But thanks be to God, Jesus came. Jesus, who is God, became man without ceasing to be God. The perfect God-man joined together. He came to rescue us. He came to bring about peace between us and God. I've been blessed. We have been doing in youth group over the last several weeks. We're looking at apologetics and we're studying our faith. And we're answering really important questions like, does God exist? Does truth exist? What's the difference between Christianity and other religions? What is salvation? And we've been learning that our faith, um, it is reliable, it is solid, it is steady, it has a firm foundation. And a lot of what we've been studying always comes back to Jesus. Always comes back to Jesus. Always comes back to Jesus. Jesus came to rescue us. He is the deliverer. He is the rescuer. He came to bring about peace between us and God. This brings us to the third truth from this passage, and it's simply this, our salvation. Our sin, our sad condition, but praise be to God, we can talk about our salvation. Notice it says in verse 5 at the end, by His stripes we are healed. He healed us spiritually. We were sick. We were corrupt. We were dead in sin. But because of the finished work on the cross, we've been singing about it and praising the Lord about it all morning. Because of that work on the cross, we are healed. Now some 
they want to make this verse out to mean physical healing. And so they, they say that not only are we healed spiritually, but we're to be healed physically. And if we have enough faith, then we get physical healing. And they'll claim this verse. Well, well let me just say a word about that for just a second in case you, you have somebody ask you about it or maybe you wondered about it yourself. Beloved, it does include full healing. It does include spiritual healing. It does include physical healing. But the reality is sometimes that healing doesn't take place here and now. It takes place there. Ultimately, we're going to be healed. Ultimately, we're going to be well. And His divine wisdom and His perfect wisdom, you know, we pray for a lot of people. Our prayer list is primarily health needs. Uh, that's primarily what it is. And, and we pray and we ask God to heal people. We ask God to help people. And He does help them. And for those who know Christ, guess what? He always heals them. Sometimes it's here. Sometimes it's now. Sometimes it's with Him in heaven. But know this, we will be healed. But here I believe the primary focus is our spiritual healing, our salvation our deliverance from sin and bondage. And all this comes about because of His stripes. Nobody else could do this for us. Only a perfect substitute would do. And the only one who could die in our place is another human. And He had to be sinless. And He had to be Jesus. He's the only one. What I want to do is before we have the uh, deacons come and Pastor Larry, I want us to bow our heads together and I want us to take just a moment to prepare our hearts. First of all, if you would, right where you are, just bow your head and close your eyes. If you don't know Jesus, you can meet Him today. You can meet Him right in that pew where you are. The Bible says all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've read all about here that Jesus paid our sin debt we could not pay. The Bible says if you'll turn from your sin, that's called repentance, and if you'll place your faith, that is your trust, your total dependence upon God, He will save you, forgive you, cleanse you, give you a home in heaven. And I want to give you an opportunity right now, if God is working in your heart, you've never received Jesus as your Savior. Right now, right where you are, you can receive Him as you believe on Him. Oftentimes we find the best way to do that is just a simple prayer where you call out to Him and pray something like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. I'm sorry for my sin. I don't want it anymore. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus arose again. I believe that Jesus is the Savior and I want Him to be my Savior. I give You my life. Come into my life. Take control. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me from my sin. And friend, if you really mean that, then I can tell you based upon the authority of the Word of God that if you truly call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Now that's the beginning point. And if you did that today, what you need to do is you need to let somebody know. Let me know. Let Pastor Larry know. And we want to rejoice. We want to help you. We want to encourage you. We want to give you some things to help you grow. We want to talk to you about the next steps. But praise be to God if you gave your life to Christ today. Now, believers, 
The Lord's Supper is for believers, for those who know Jesus. The Bible says that we ought to, right, examine ourselves and prepare our hearts. And I want to do that. I want us to come today and make sure that we partake of this with clean hands and clean hearts. And if you're here today and you're a guest and you're a member of a like church, we would invite you to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper with us. But right now, I just want to give a moment for us to have a moment to personally pray, get our hearts right, and get ready to partake of the Lord's Supper. So right where you are, would you do that? I'm going to be doing that here. You do that right in your seat. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Let's prepare our hearts right now.